Amen. There's power in the name of Jesus to break every chain. Amen? Has he ever broken your chains? Bondages in your life? Situations? He's break, he just breaks them right in half, and it's, it's so good to be free. You know, we, we see scriptures in the Bible where literally there were people in chains. They were literally in chains and bondage in jail, and that, that he broke those chains, broke them free from the, every situation they were in. I want to talk to you today about scarred, let's get the title slide up here, the t- scarred and hurt or healed and whole. Uh, has anybody ever, ever been scarred before? I know I've, I've got a scar right here in the back of my head that when I was in high school, um, I was on a band trip, and you know those, now they're plastic, but back then they were steel, and you know, there were little vents in the front and the back of the church, and the girl beside me was, was on a band trip, and she was cold, and she was like, you know, I'm kind of chilly, and I said, like, okay, I said, I'm trying to be a man, I'll take care of that, so I went up there, and I pulled that steel door up to try to close it for her and not realize we're going 65 miles per hour. And it just slammed 65 miles per hour on my head. Before I even hit the ground, my white shirt was soaked with blood. They got me to the hospital, didn't even, didn't even ask for permission. They had to just go ahead and give me a blood, and blood you know, transfusion, whatever. Uh, and so it was, it was crazy, and I just, it was a scar, and I still feel it. I got a scar up here where I was playing baseball at, and, and when I was young, and church, church baseball. And I went to go get a ball, and I come up and hit a, 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 a steel rod, you know, I got all kind of scars. I, I, most of my scars are just being, from being dumb and stupid, you know. I don't really got any battle wounds, you know. I ain't got no shots, no stabs, you know. I ain't got nothing like that that I can show you and do that, I, you know. But, but, but I do have other type of scars. I want to I talk to you today, read a scripture, and then I'm going to talk to you about that scripture kind of. Um, in Genesis chapter 15 and 20 in the New Living Translation, Joseph said, You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could um, save the lives of many people. Scars, scars, man, wounds. And, you know, you get them from, 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 from war, you get them from work, you get them from home, you get them from being out in the yard working and, and all kind of things like that. Scars. It, it, and the thing is, is, is scars is really, it's a new skin because you have skin, right? And then when something cuts open, it opens up and then it heals and then a new a new skin comes on top of that. Normally it's it's made with a lot of tissue and a lot of stuff, fatty tissue and stuff like that. That's why whenever you have scars, if you're having surgery and you have scars internally, then you got to go in there and take that scar tissue out, right? Um, but but whenever that happens, a lot of times it's bad. But the thing that bothers us the most that we don't really like and hate worse than a regular scar because all those things I did, I didn't get super mad about it because I knew it was something dumb that I did. I caused those scars. Scars that we cause, we ain't got an issue with for some reason, right? But it's those uninvited scars that, that really hurt us. When you're backstabbed, when, when you're two-timed, when, whenever you're, 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 you're double-crossed, when you're cheated on, when you're hurt, when you're abandoned, when you're abused, when, when you're raped, whenever you, you are, are, are just broken and you know, a, a best friend just, just, just hurt you and just stabbed you in the back, so say. You know, those things, those uninvited scars, those are the ones that we have issues with. And those are the ones that everybody in this room is dealing with today. When I can talk about those kind of things, you're like, well, Pastor, I feel like I'm pretty good. I'm not really dealing with that. Well, you're probably not telling the truth. <laughs> you're probably lying. Because of the fact that everybody has a little, little secret box in our heart somewhere that we like to push stuff down in there and put it in lock and key and leave it there, and I don't want to deal with it. And matter of fact, I probably forgot about it is there. 
But if you went back in your life, you would, you would find somebody in your life that's done you wrong. Somebody in your life has, has, has done something to hurt you and bring pain and turmoil to your life. And we look and we, 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 even, we get to the place, whenever it, we, when we cause scars and pain in our life, we don't get mad. But whenever it's uninvited, we say, God, why did you let that happen to me? You know, God, you see, you know, why, why did that happen? Why did you allow this? I thought, you know, why, if you're a good God, why does bad things happen to good people? Why am I dealing with all this hell in my life? And Mr. Joe, Joe, Joe Easy over there, he's got the easy life, and he ain't even living, serving for you, and he's got a great life, right? Why did I deserve this? What did I do to deserve this? God, I'm trying to live right. I'm crying and trying to do right. You know, God, where were you at? I want you to tell you today, and you'll find out by the end of this message, that he was closer than you ever thought. If God took away all the, the evil in the world, there would be no free will. And we couldn't make a choice to live for God or not. It would be, we would be like little puppets on here, you know, on this earth. And so we don't want that free, we, we, we want a free will life, and we want to know that. And so that's why. If, if he stopped all pain and suffering, there would be no need for God. He could just do it and just disappear. You know, if he took away all evil and all pain and suffering, what, what, what is it all about, right? You know, it was, pain was not his plan. And, 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 you know, he, he, designed, he created hell for Satan. He didn't even create it for us until after Adam and Eve messed up. And for a long time, I really got ticked off at Adam and Eve, and I was mad. I was like, you're a bunch of idiots. Why don't you just listen to what God said? And then when I was praying, God's like, you don't listen to what I say. Uh, oh, uh, got him, right? Um, so that's, that's what happened is the fact that, you know, I'm like, you know what, God, that's true. I can't, I can't really blame them. How many times have I disobeyed God when God told me to do something? And here I am mad at you called sin in this. If I was there, I probably would have done the same thing. Probably we, probably, we all probably would have, you know. And so the thing is, is you know, and, and the thing is, is it takes a while for, for scars. Sometimes it takes a while for scars to appear. You know, sometimes you, you, ever, you got a blunt force chop and, and you, you open up somewhere. And, you know, sometimes they don't even bleed right away. Sometimes for like, a, you know, about five, ten seconds, nothing happens, and then it begins to, to bleed. You know, um, and then when it scars over, sometimes it looks like it's going to scar good, and then all of a sudden you got some, some bad scarring. But, but one, one scar that, that never goes away is the scar of sin. You know, and, and, and a lot of times we, we have guys that like in gangs, they wanna, they wanna, they're proud of their scars. They'll show you, hey, man, I, got, I was stabbed here, I was shot here. And they, they do that because they want to, to, to uh, they want clout. They want to be able to look at somebody and say, I'm tough and I'm rough and I, I want to be in your gang or, or I want to show you how tough I am, right? Amen. God bless you. Call back another day. I got a voicemail a while ago from CBS telling me my stuff was ready right in the middle of service. I was like, what are you, I'm trying to go to preach in a minute. You're talking to me about my medication. But anyway, so, so um, you know, other, other war vets. War vets want to sit around and show their, their scars and, you know, that where they got, they, they got hurt at. And then another person that you're not going to expect me to say, but needy people like to show their scars, right? You know, they're, they're all, they want to all the time tell. And I'm not talking about you telling your friends and your family. I'm not talking about you, you talking about your issues with people. I'm, not, I'm talking about those people that everybody they meet, they got to tell how bad their life sucks. Every time they talk to anybody, they got to tell how bad things are. Everybody they meet, they got to tell, oh my gosh, can you believe I went through this? I can't believe. And if you, you tell them a story, they got a better story, you know? And so needy people like to show their scars because they, the needy people, they rather have the attention and compassion rather than be healed by God. They're addicted to the, to the oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, this is bad, you know? 
And I've been there. I, 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 in my uh, younger in life, I was that way, and I needed that, and I was, I was so needy, and I needed people, and I needed affirmation, and I needed people to tell me I was doing good. I needed that because I felt like I had be, been beat down by, by so many people in my life, you know, the, um, in, in, in the military and, and, and other places and stuff, and I just felt like I, so I needed that affirmation. I needed the pat on the back, you know? And we get to that place where we do that. Those are scars, and that was because I had all kinds of scars in my life. You know, you can have, you know, they have makeup cover-up for some scars. I know when I was in high school, I would have, I would get a little, little Mary Kay concealer, and if I had acne, I would put it on there and rub it up so the girls couldn't see my acne, so they couldn't see how, how really rough, rough I looked, right? But then you, but the, the problem with that is you get in the right light. What, are you wearing makeup? <laughs> you know, they, they, they can see it. You know, so you, you'd have that makeup, but, but, but then, and, and uh, I was looking on Facebook the other day, and there was this girl that got hit right across the face, and she had a scar from here to here the other day. Yeah, um, it, it showed it on there, and it showed how she put makeup on over it. And after she finished her makeup and did all her stuff, you couldn't even tell it was there, and we try to cover up that stuff. Some people even go as far as cosmetic surgery to cover up scars, right? Stay with me, I'm going somewhere, I'm trying to, trying to build a foundation. You know, but, but the, the, those scars can go away, but one sin you can never cover up is the sin, the, 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 the scar of sin. And the only answer to that is Jesus. Proverbs 28, 13 says, He that cover, covereth his sin shall not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes it shall have mercy. God has mercy for us when we confess our sin and we say, God, I'm sorry, I've done wrong. But the thing is, is you got to understand, you still reap what you sow. That's why there's people on death row that, that get saved and still die because you have to pay your penance. Now, there are some people that God really spares for some reason. That, well, I don't understand why he picks some another. There are some people on death row that get saved and somehow something goes and they, and they get out and they're able to, get, to be free because of you know, some kind of court issue or what have you. But the consequences remain in our life. And, and I was thinking about the God, when Jesus came back, his resurrected body. You know, we think when we get resurrected body, we're going to just be this perfect, perfect situation. But, but if you look at the scripture, the Bible says that whenever Jesus came back, his resurrected body, he ate, he had breakfast with his, his disciples, he ate and he drank. We're going to eat and drink. Well, the Bible talks about the marriage supper of the Lamb. It talks about all kinds of fruits and stuff up there. So I'm, I'm, I don't know. But I'm just going by what the Word of God says. It, you know, in, in, in his resurrected body, he even disguised himself. Because it, when he went to some people, they didn't even recognize him. Everybody knew who Jesus was, and everybody saw him. So when you see him, you know, if I saw Jay somewhere else, I would know who Jay was. But G, when his came back in his resurrected body, he was able to disguise himself. And then here's, here's, the, here's the thing that really boggled me. And maybe a theologian like, like Don may, may, may have a better, better look at this. But, but, but whenever he came back, he looked at Dalton Thomas, and Dalton Th Thomas said, I want to see the scars in your hands. And he showed him the scars he had in his hands, in his resurrected body. But I, I believe that was to, to, to testify of his work. You know, because if not, they would say, well, this, that, you're not him. There's no, you know, they, they couldn't tell who it was. It, it was. It's amazing how intricate everything had to be to work the way it did. He had to be able to show the scars in his hands, and he had to do that in his resurrected body. Now, are we going to have scars? I don't think so. I don't know how all that works. I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you about some of the things in the Bible that, that, to get you thinking about some things and, and get you to maybe start studying. In the Bible, Jaws, you know, everybody, anybody see the old movie Jaws? Some of the younger guys may not have, but it was really kind of scary back in the day, and now I laugh, I laugh at it. But, but there was these three men that were searching for this man-eating great white shark, and they were sharing some coffee and some horror stories 
The first man said, hey, this is my, this is my wound when I was in the war. I, I got an IUD, blew up, and almost, I lost half my shoulder. The other guy said, hey, you know, look at this right here. This, this, I got bit by a, a, a shark right here. Look at this big old shark bite. And then Richard Dreyfus was the other guy. He ripped his shirt open and pointed to his chest without speaking a word. And they said, what's happened? What's going on? Did you have open-heart surgery, a bypass? He said, no. He said, um, Betty Sue, 7th grade, she broke my heart. That was his scar. The scar that you don't see. And those scars, that's what I want to talk about today, the scars that you don't see that really are the worst. We all have scars from people like that. But the thing, number one thing that you've got to remember, if you have scars in your life and you have been hurt, and you have been, been, been abused or hurt or, or abandoned or what have you, backstab, whatever, however you want to look at it, you've got to first off realize that God is with you no matter what. No matter what happens in your life, that God is with you. And, and the thing we've got to also understand is that whenever people do stuff to us, we've got to quit blaming God for it. When we get, catch a bad rap and we have something in our life that hurts us, we go to God and blame God for why, why is this happening, and we're blaming Him for it. It's not Him. It's the evil in this world. God says, I have, Jesus said, I come to bring life and life more abundantly. The enemy says, I come to kill, steal, and destroy. Quit blaming God for what the devil's work is. In Genesis chapter 3, um, he talks of um, Cain had a root of bitterness. And Cain was, was, God said, God talked to Cain and Abel and said, you know, bring your first fruits um, as a sacrifice. And, and, and Cain brought uh, his best. Abel brought his first fruits. Okay, Cain got so mad at Abel because God accepted Abel's sacrifice, but not Cain's. So he got mad about Abel being obedient and him being disobedient. He got so mad and so bitter that let's read what it says here in Genesis chapter 4, 6 through 7. Jesus looked at, at, um, at uh, Cain and says, Why are you so angry, Cain? Why do you look so dejected? defeated you will be accepted if you do what is right but if you refuse to do what is right then watch out sin is crouching at your door eager to control you but you must subdue it and make it be your master you be its master now what was what when i read that scripture this week i don't know i just it just jumped out at me the fact that god almighty looked at cain and talked to him and said listen do what's right all you got to do is do what's right, give your first fruit, do what I ask you to do, and you'll be okay. If not, sin will get you. God told him that. And then, all of a sudden, he had so much bitter in his heart, what happened? You know the story. Cain killed Abel, right? He let that bitterness get so down into his heart and to his soul that bitterness come to anger and rage, and it turned into murder, and he killed him. After God said, if you do what's right, I wish God would tell me something he has. He told you right here what to do. And some of us will still choose to not to serve God and end up in hell one day. But God is with you. God was with Cain and Abel. Um, Genesis chapter 39, in verse 1, it says that Joseph was taken to Egypt by, by the gypsies, the, the Ishmaelites that had taken him. So he, Joseph was taken. He was taken. He, something bad happened to him. He was sold to, into, with the gypsies. He was put into a pit and eventually went to a prison. But verse 2 says, third, that was verse 1, it says he was taken to Egypt. Verse 2 says, the Lord was with Joseph, and he succeeded in everything he did. Even though he was taken and he was 
done so wrong. His bro- his, he told his dream to his brothers, and his brothers didn't like it, and his brothers lied on him, and he sold him to the gypsies. He, got put in all, he went through all this, this, this turmoil and tribulation in his life, but it says the whole time God was with him. And because God was with him, he succeeded in everything that he did. And he looked around at other people. One of the things that you can do whenever you've been hurt like this is you look around for other people that are hurting. Look, look, most of the time we look inward rather than outward. It's all about me, and I get depressed, and I get defeated, and I get, I get needy, and all this kind of stuff, rather than looking outward. It says, Genesis chapter 40, verses 6 and 7, when Joseph saw the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. And why do you look so worried today, he asked them. He looked at the baker and the, and, you know, and, and the butcher and, 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 and said, hey, what, are y'all okay? What, what's going on? And he talked to them. And they said, I had this dream. And he told them what their dream was, and he helped them. He even served them. He served them and told them what it was. And then after he helped them, he served them. Then they, he said, hey, tell, tell, tell the king about me that I did this. And they went and forgot about it. He even helped somebody and served somebody, forgave people, and, 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 went and didn't look at himself and still it took a long time before he was able to get his reward. But the thing is, 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 is it's so hard enough for us to forgive somebody, but then to serve them? I'm still at the forgiveness part a lot of times, aren't you? You know, come on, let's be real. You know, so, so and, and God's not saying that you've got to serve all your enemies, okay? He's not saying that you've got to go up and go take them a plate of food every day and do, 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 you know. It's just saying, first off, the commandment is to, to forgive. The blessing is in serving. Genesis 5 and 20. I want to read it. I read it at the very beginning, but I want to read it this, this time from the message translation. I love how it says here. It says, Don't you see? You planned evil against me, but God used the same plans for my good as you can see all around right now. Life for many people. And when I read that scripture, my mind immediately went to blueprints. Because it says he uses it. says he used the same plans. So when it said the same plans, I thought about a blueprint sitting there in my chair. And I said, I can see the devil saying, okay, we're going to have a storm come up on this side of the house. Okay, we're going to look at it like, a, like a, a war thing, you know. This is how we're going to enter. We're going to have a storm come to the right side of the house. Now, God's looking at the same set of plans and said, I bet the enemies will come from the right side because he's the best strategic. He's the best warrior. He's the best fighter. He's the best general. So he knows where the enemies will come from. So he said, he's probably going to come with a storm from the right side. So let's shore up that right side. And let's make sure it's strong. Let's make sure that, 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 we, that we got some, some, some wind and hail resistance there in case the storm comes up. And then the enemy is saying, you know what, we're going to have a flood. And, you know, this whole area right here, we're going to come in like a flood on this side. And we're going to attack the house and attack it at the foundation. And God's looking at the same plans and saying, you know what, in heaven, you know what, he's probably going to come in like a flood, but I'm going to raise the standard up against him. And we're going to make the foundation nice and, and tight and strong so whenever the, whenever the rains and the floods come, he's going to stand on the solid rock. You know, and then, then the enemy's saying, you know what, I got this plans. What we'll do is we'll sneak in through this window. That gonna, they leave this window open all the time. It's their little, their little, their little temptation. We're going to leave this, in, this window, window open. And, the, and God says, you know what, we're gonna, I'm going to work on them, and we've got to work on protection the, for them to understand the armor of God. And so we're going to help them understand that they need to put the armor of God on, on every single day. And maybe they say, the enemy's looking at it and says, you know what, we're going to start a fire. We're going to burn the whole thing through the ground. And, you know, and then God says, you know what? He, the enemy is probably going to come with a fire. He's probably going to burn the house down. But you know what? What I'm going to do is I'm going I'm to make sure and, and let, let the, the, the water of the Word wash this house over and let the water of the Word and the river of the Holy Spirit be there to wash out any fire that comes. But if the fire does start, you know what I think I'm going to do? 
I'm going to be right there in that room. Then the angel, what do you mean you're going to be that? I'm going to be the fourth man in the fire. He's always going to be there for you. He's, he says, you know what, I'll go, I'm going to be that fourth man in the fire like I was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so I asked God this week, I said, God, what's the answer? I'm telling them about all this stuff. They're going to all agree that, that they got issues. They're going to all agree that they got hurt and pain, guilt, and shame. They're all going to agree that they've been backstabbed, abandoned, and hurt, and divorced, and all this kind of, they, Everybody's going to agree on that. I've got to have an answer for that. <laughs> I just can't say, okay, we all agree. Let's go home, you know. And God said, love. <clears throat> and I was like, what do you mean by that? He said, the times that, and when I say he said, I'm not, like I said, I told you all last week, God speaks through different ways. It's just a, in my spirit. I just felt it in my spirit. I felt it in my soul. You know, I was, I was, I just like God was speaking to me. It was just so clear, but not in an audible voice. <clears throat> but he said, how did, you, how did you get through your pain in your life? And I said, well, you know what? When, when my, my wife slept with my best friend, not Regina, my ex-wife, when she, when, she slept, when, she slept with, when she slept with my best friend, what happened? What, what, did, what, what happened? When she slept with my best friend, what happened? I was so hurt. I was so broken. It was my best friends that came around me and loved on me and let me go away and let me go in their car and beat the crap out of their, 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 their window and, their, and their car, just elbow and just, just hit stuff. I even had one, one friend say, hey, if you want to go out and fight, man, you want to let it out. I said, you don't want to fight me right now, bro. I promise you that. You're, he said, but I'm bigger. I said, I don't care how big you are. The rage that I have inside me right now, I'm ready to let it out, you know? I went and tried to find this. I was going to kill. I was okay. I was okay with going to hell that day. I had so much bitterness and so much anger in me. I was okay with it. But my friends came around. You know what? Well, why don't you just read the Bible? I didn't want to. Come on, somebody. Let's be real. I didn't want to pray. I didn't want to read the Bible. I wanted to fight. I wanted to hurt. I was hurt, and it was down to my core. And I, had, I wanted to do something about it. But the love of my best friends... Love is God. Love conquers all. The love of my best friends melted that away, that hate and anger away enough to where I could say a prayer, where I could read the Scripture. But it wasn't the Bible and it wasn't Scripture right away that did that. It wasn't a church service. I sat in church service and just was mad. See, that's the problem with, with us Christians. We try to act too holy. Oh, when that happened, oh, I just went to the Word of God and it just... No, sometimes, sometimes you don't, you, sometimes you're just upset and you're in your flesh. So what changes that? You have friends and family come along and they love on you. I talked about, um, I talked about um, when, when I was backstabbed in the military and I, and I was set up by half the ship because I stood up against racism. And they said, we're going to get you. I'm like, dude, I'm out of the military now. I'm gone. I'm good. They're like, oh, we're going to get you. And then, then two weeks later, an SBI agent showed up to my house. But what got me through that? The love of my family, the love of my friends, the love of the people in the church. And it melted it away. What happened when I had church hurt and church abuse, ministry abuse, mental and emotional abuse by, by pastors and different, different things in the church? What happened? It was the love of my family and my friends. It was the love of God through them. That's why the ministry of presence is so powerful when someone's going through a hard time. You don't, we don't always need to open our mouth when we go to somebody and have all the right answers. Well, look at Job. Job's friend for seven days just sat with him and didn't say a word. And then they opened their mouth, and then, oh, look what happened. What did they start saying? 
Why did why'd you go through this? What, what kind of sin did you commit? What caused, you, what caused God to do this to you? They were better just keeping their mouth shut than just being there, right? So just being with your friends and loving on your friends, giving them a, a safe space to talk, a safe space to be themselves, a safe space to say, I'm angry and I'm mad at God. And you know what? It's okay to be angry and mad at God too. He gave us the emotion. He knows we're going to use it. It's okay to get mad at God. God's not moving. Matter of fact, you're crying as you're fussing, and God's crying too because he was there with you. He went through it with you, and he was waiting on you to give it to him, and you didn't because you were so angry and so mad and so upset about what was going on. You didn't give it to him, and he's just sitting there broken saying, I just want to help you, but you're not turning to me. So he sends friends and family around to love on you to break down that anger and to break down that emotion so you can get to the place where you can turn to him. Mental and emotional abuse. Mental health. It wasn't in the Bible that started the process. We've got to realize that we're human. Like I said, we gotta, can't be so holy. We've got to realize, you know what, sometimes I don't want to pray. Sometimes I don't want to, to, to read the Bible. Sometimes I don't want to. But that's in times where you, you, as, as family and friends come around you and they share that love with you and they just put a little bit of Scripture out there for you and it just starts breaking you down a little bit, a little bit at a time. Before long you realize, wow. There's been times that when I had those wounds and God started to heal them, I started thinking about it. I started dwelling on it. Those times that was hurting in my life, and I, and I would take the, it was, it was just a, a good solid scab about to turn to a wound, and I would pick that scab until it started bleeding again, and I would open that wound back up, and the pain would hurt, hurt, hurt all over again. See, what God can do for you is take that scab that, that don't never heal. You ever had a scab that like it would never heal? A scab that will never heal. And he can turn it into a scar. I ha- that, that scar don't hurt at all right there. None of these scars hurt anymore. But I can tell you what happened. God wants you to get you to, to the place where all the wounds and hurts and pains of your life are scarred to where at you can think about it, you can even talk about it, you can even share it with somebody to help them, and it don't hurt no more. That's when you know you're healed. When the pain don't hurt no more. It don't mean you're not sad about it. It don't mean you don't be like, oh, man, that was a bad time in my life. Man, I was so mad and, you know. But even after it's healed, you can work yourself up and you can talk about it enough where it makes you pretty mad again. You know what I'm saying? But the pain's not there. It may anger you again at times when you really focus on it when we shouldn't, but the pain's not there no more. There's no more pain. It's just a scar because God healed it. So now, the last four points, I'm going to do these four points. And, and, and express to you how you got to get over this. How, how, what, what, okay, okay, shut up. Just tell me how to fix this. You're right. Yes, my God, I got pain. Yes. Okay. The first thing is to admit it. Last week we said for you to have revival, you get, what do you got to do? You got to admit that, that, that you, admit that you uh, want revival, that I need revival. Okay, well, step one this week. We're going to admit again. You got to admit you're hurt. The problem with so many people, they never get healed because they don't want to admit that they're hurt. They want to have this tough facade. Nobody can hurt. Nobody, no, we're all hurt. We ne- you will never get well until you face your feelings. Holding on to grief and pain will not make you better. People say time heals everything. No, it don't. Time does not heal cancer. Time does, time does not heal the loss of a loved one. It gets easier, but it doesn't heal it. It doesn't heal those deep pains, wounds of someone that you cared about and loved. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Yes, they do. 
I remember saying that all the time. I, used to, I remember telling kids that in, in junior high school. Well, probably fifth grade, elementary school. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me, because that's what my mama told me to say. And the whole time I was saying, I was saying, I was thinking in my mind, your words hurt me. They do. The more we think about it, the angrier we become. And we want to say, is anyone out there? And we, we handle it different. Sometimes we get mad at God. Sometimes we just clam up. And what we don't understand is when we clam up from our past and the things that's going on in our past, it's like a Coke bottle. It will eventually explode. And it probably will explode on somebody that you love. It'll explode on your spouse, your family, your friends. You've got to deal with it because it, you can't hold it down but so long. It will eventually erupt in your life like a volcano. Some people are tired all the time. They're worn out. They're tired of being tired. You know, and, and, and they just, they're just all the time tired. They're all the time frustrated, and it just gets bad. And you just, you just go on, and you, and you work. You're like a workaholic. You work, work, work. You just work, 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 work. Why? So you might, an idle mind is the devil's playground. And if you sit there, and you just con constantly sit there, and you just think, 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 just all this pain comes back up. So what happens? So you work, 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 so you ain't got time to think about it. You work, 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 all the way till it's time to go to bed. You're so tired and exhausted, you fall into bed so you can go to sleep. Because if not, you come home and you go to sleep, then you lay at the ceiling and think about all these situations in your life. So we just work ourselves to death. And some people, we just try to escape pain. You, you, you're addicted to escapism. So I ain't got to deal with it. I want to escape to another reality. So you, you leave this relationship hurt, so you go to this relationship and you're still hurt. And so now you're not even healed and you're trying to start another, a whole relationship, but you're, you're, you're not even healed from this last relationship yet, and you're just going to make things worse. And the chances are you're going to find somebody else that's hurt, so therefore you both have been hurt, and neither one of you know how to have a relationship. You need to get healed first. Some people medicate. They turn to drugs, alcohol, pornography, addictions. They turn to all these things. Sometimes we, we fill our minds with television and music. I'm not going to lie to you. There's been times that I've just gone through a lot, and I'll just turn the television on, and I'll just go into their world. I, 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 like I'll watch you know, different, different shows, reality shows, and just get my mind, watch Survivor, and just get on an island with them. You know? If I'm real mad, I'll watch, I'll watch a UFC fight. I think that's, I'm, that's me right there. I'm beating, beating them up. You know? Maybe, it's your, maybe you just got, you got a hobby. You just got all your life in a hobby. Maybe it's sports. Maybe it's shopping. There's shopaholics. You know some people deal with their pain by just shopping all the time? We stay so busy, we wear ourselves out. We have to reveal our pain. We have to be honest with three people. You, first off, you've got to be honest with yourself. I've been hurt. Second off, you've got to be, well, first off, you've got to be honest with God. God, I'm hurt. I need you. Number two, I've got to be honest with myself. And then uh, you need to be honest with at least one other person. Find somebody that you trust, that you can talk to, that can help you, and that, that can hold it confidential, and that can cry with you. And be honest with that person. Share those things. Share that secret. You, you, are, you are as sick as your secrets that you keep. Share that thing that you have resentment about. Share that thing. But try to get, try to, get to the place that, that before, before that even happens, try to deal with stuff ahead of time. When someone starts to hurt you, call them up and talk to them. I had someone call me this week, and they said, hey, man, this, this happened the other day, and it kind of bothered me what you, how you, how, what you said. And I was like, oh, my goodness. 
let's talk about it. And we talked about it, and it was, it was miscommunication, and everything was fine, and everything was wonderful. When we hung up, we loved. Everything was fine. There was nothing wrong. It happens. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm not going to be the best. I'm not always going to make the right decisions. And neither are you. And we've got to be open. And when someone comes and says, hey, you, you, you hurt me here, we've got to be able to say, you know what? Ah, oh, man, that wasn't my intention, but I did. I'm sorry. And if you start doing that stuff and you communicate and share with one another, and, 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 you know, then, then what happens is you save friendships, you save, you save this, you save marriages, you save your children, you save whatever. The second thing you've got to do is you've got to release those people who have hurt you. You cannot get well as long as you have resentment in your heart. You will never grow. You've got to give up that resentment. You've got to give up the right to get even. That's what, that's what I kept saying in my divorce. I would say, you know what? Don't I have a right to be angry? Everybody, even Christians. Yeah, you really do. Nobody said, no, you don't. You need to forgive. God forgave you, and you need to forgive them. I know it's hard. I know you don't see it right now, but that's what you got to do. Nobody would say that to me. Everybody would say, yeah, you got a right to be mad. So I stayed mad because everybody agreed with me. Right? You can, either get, you can either get even or you can get well. The choice is yours. And there's only one way to get rid of that pain, and that's forgiveness. The only way to get emotionally healthy is forgiveness. But they don't deserve it. You know what? None of us deserve forgiveness. They might have done you wrong, yes, and they might have done you wrong, but that does not mean that they don't deserve forgiveness because God forgave us, and he says we have to forgive others. Forgiveness is not, it has nothing to do with being fair. Forgiveness has nothing to do with being, well, you deserved it, or I'm just trying to be fair here. No, it has nothing to do with that. Forgiveness is a gift. You are giving them forgiveness so you can be free. You are taking the, the, the ball and chain off of your life and giving it back to them and say, hey, best of luck to you. I'm free now. That's between you and God now. I ain't got nothing to do it. I'm free, right? You're forgiving them because as long as you hold on to it, 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 it brings you down and hurts you. You think of it, you know, you... you you think of holding on to it, but it, it always bogs you down worse. If you saw the passion, you saw Jesus getting beat to a pulp, and it, you either sat there and bawled like a baby, or you did like I did, and just stood there numb and just stared at the screen. I couldn't even cry. I, I knew it was bad, and even when scholars will say that's not even bad as it probably was, and I'm just blown away. And, and so, you know, and he was sitting there, and and he had all this betrayal and this rejection and this hatred and humiliation and prejudice and wounds of, of everybody and the, and the wounds and the guilt and the shame and of, of all that stuff that was happening to him. Everybody betrayed all that stuff. But that, did not, that was not even close to as much as hurt and pain as he took when he took the sins of the world on his shoulders. You didn't see that in the movie, did, did you? You saw the, the pain, rejection, and all the betrayal, but you don't see him taking the weight of the world on his shoulder that, of the sins of you and me committed. Have committed, committing, and will commit. He took that on his shoulder. And it says in 1 Peter 2 and 23, and he did not retaliate when he was insulted. Listen, this is beautiful scripture. Nor threaten revenge when he, was up, when he suffered. Listen, this is beautiful. He left his case in the hands of God, who always judges fairly. 
but, but yeah, but but if I don't if I don't do something, God's God's gonna let him off the hook. Listen, it's appointed for man wants to die, then the judgment, and nobody's off the hook at that point. You will be judged by God. And we can't we can't. The thing is, is if we did it in our own selves, we may judge too harshly, or we may not judge enough. God will judge the way based on 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 the sin. Even Jesus Christ, the Son of God, could have blown them all away. And he didn't. He could have called 10,000 angels down, and he didn't. After what they did to him. I wish he at least would have scared them a little bit. You know, I wish, I, in my mind, I'm like, just do a little something to make them know that you're still God. And you could if you wanted to, but you ain't. But see, he didn't even want to, he, it wasn't even his heart. He's like, I, no, 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 I don't want to scare them. I want God to forgive them. How did, he, how did he forgive those people? Well, how do we get forgiven? By accepting the blood of Jesus Christ in our life, right? Well, he had a crown of thorns on his head, and blood was pouring down through his eyes, and he saw those people at their feet of blood, so he saw forgiveness. He didn't see them for their sin. The blood was coming out of his eyes. He didn't see them for their sin. He saw them like Christ, God saw them, needing a Savior. So he saw that blood come down, and he says, you know what, God? I'm not even mad. Forgive them, because they don't even know what they're doing. Yeah, but I don't, I don't want to be, I've, I've already been forgiven, and I'm good, but you know what? You're going to need forgiveness again. And you're going to expect God to forgive you, because he said he would. So we got to forgive, too. And I preach this, I preach a message on forgiveness two or three times a year at least, and and sometimes I, I tell them the worst thing this morning, sometimes I feel like I, I you know, that some, some messages on forgiveness and love, and I, 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 I'm like, oh, I should I do it again? But every time I do it, I have someone says, preach it every week. I need to hear it. Every time I preach on forgiveness, people come up, you know, on, either online or in person, and when they say, look, Pastor, like, I needed to hear that today. I still, I'm still struggling, and it's okay. But there comes a time where you got to quit struggling with it and make a decision. Healness and wholeness or hurt and pain. You got to do it. And I, I say this a lot of times when I talk about forgiveness. That forgiveness, God does not expect you to complete the process before he helps you. All he wants you to do is to have forgiveness in your heart and say, God, I want to forgive them, but I can't yet. That's what God wants right there. God's like, all I want you to do is want to forgive them. I'll take care of the rest with you. If you have the desire, it'll be a process, but you can make it with me. Because I'm going to be right there with you to help you through that pain. I'm going to help you through that abuse. I'm going to help you through that abandonment. I'm going to help you through that divorce. I'm going to help you through, through, through that, 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 that immoral situation that you were in. You're only hurting yourself with resentment. Your resentment not only hurts you, it hurts people around you. Most dads that are hurt have little boys that are hurt. Women who are hurt have little, boy, little girls that are hurt. That's why, for instance, if you have a mom and dad that never showed their, their child affection, appropriate affection in, in front of them, then what happens? Those kids grow up and don't show affection to their spouses. Because it, it, it's, 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 it, comes, it comes down. It's a generational thing. They're learning from you. You might not think they're learning, but they are watching. They may not never tell you, but they're watching you. And if you're hurt and you don't deal with the pain and you don't give it to God, hey, dad never did. Mom never did. Your kids need to hear you say, hey, baby, mom and daddy are dealing with a hard situation right now. Somebody's done us really wrong. But you know what? 
we're going to give it to God. They need to hear you say that. They need to hear that. Because one day, they're going to be faced with the same thing. If they never knew what happened, they never knew that's how you got better, they're going to think, well, hey, it'll go away. I did with mom and dad. I never saw them talk about it. I never, heard them, I never heard them pray about it. I never heard them talk about it. I never heard them express it. It just went away. So I, it'll probably be the same with us. Now, they need to know. You need to teach your kids. Bitterness can be pressed, passed down from generation to generation. That somebody, they know that you're mad at somebody, and if you don't never talk to them and tell them that it's, it's over, then what will happen is they'll go on mad at that person, and then one day you'll decide to forgive somebody, and they're still holding all against them because they hurt you. And we get in these situations, and we, and we just think about it. We focus on it, the hurt, the pain, the pain, the turmoil, the trials. Oh, my pain, oh, my head, oh, my life. It, okay, listen, when you're watching a television show and some, a snake comes on, right, let's say, my wife's like, turn it, turn it. I don't want to see it. Turn it. Turn it now. I'm like, let's watch it a little bit. No, turn it. I don't want to see it. Watch it when I'm out of the room. Turn the channel. That's what we got to do. You don't have to keep looking at it. And think, turn the channel. Turn the channel to, to, the, to the book, to, to the book of, of, of Matthew, Mark, Luca. Turn the channel to some, turn the channel to prayer. Turn the channel to reading the Bible. Turn the channel to anything else besides focusing on that. Because what you focus on, you fuel. And the more you fuel that, the more you're gonna, it's going to hurt you. You don't have, why do we feel like we got to keep watching it? We got to keep reliving it. Turn the stinking channel. It's not what you go through that affects you, it's who you listen to that affects you. Are you listening to God or are you listening to other people? Because our unconsciousness don't know the right, don't, we, they don't know the difference between real and unreal. What? When you watch a television show and, you, and you're, wa you're watching, and you're watching uh, Little Lassie and Lassie dies on television, you cry. Why? Because you know that's a fake show and that Lassie's running around right now, but you cried because you had a connection with it because your subconscious doesn't realize that it's fake. It sees pain and then you cry. We've got to realize that, and we've got to know, we've got, we got to say, you know what? We've got to speak to ourselves. We've got to talk to ourselves and let our subconscious know who we are in Christ. Because you're going to have people that's going to tell you that you don't measure up, you're not good enough, that you're clumsy, that, that, you, that you're not athletic, that you're fat, that you're overweight, that you're no good, that you're a failure, you're not going to make it. Your dad, your dad was a drunk, and you're going to be a drunk. You, you, your, your mom was this, was this, and you're going to be that. You know what? You're not going to be. Why don't you be like so-and-so? You can't. Why, why don't you? Why don't you? Why don't you? That is a lie. They're lying to you. The only person that has a right to speak in your, in your life and who you are is Jesus Christ. Because you know why? Because he created you. The crea only the creator knows the true purpose of what he created. These other people didn't create you. They're judging you. So they don't know who you are. So we got to say, you know what, God? Here's what you say. So this is who I am. I may not believe it yet, but that's who I am. You could take, you could take a Rubik's Cube and try to put it on a leash and say, this is my little slinky dog and walk with it. It's not going to change what it is. Because of the fact that you're sitting there and you got it on a leash and you're trying to pull it and you, you call, it, call it Sparky. It doesn't make a, it, 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 why? Because obviously you didn't know what it was created for. So people are looking at you and telling you all these things about you. They don't know who you, what you were created for. They're not you. And you don't need to try to people please them and be like them to become what they want you to be. 
because they're trying to recreate what God already created. Man, I hope y'all share this. I mean, God's in this. This isn't me. This isn't my ability. This is God. This is the message that God gave, gave today for, for, for you and for other people. And there's freedom in this. And we need to share it. It needs to have a million likes, or a million shares, rather. But the Bible says that we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So instead of focusing, we, put the, we, put the, we, we allow friends and family and people to love on us and get us to the place where we can share the Word, we can read the Bible, and, and it washes over us. And it can transform our mind. And the more we put in, the more it pushes out. You can have a glass half full of dirt and keep pouring water in there. Eventually, it's going to get all the water out until it becomes pure. That's what renewing your mind is. The more you put into your mind, the easier the garbage is to come out. We sit there and watch a two-hour and 25-minute movie, but we can't spend five or ten minutes praying and reading the Word. We don't have a problem at all sitting there watching a movie. The movie can even be bad. Well, why don't you just get up and leave? Well, I paid for it. I'm going to sit here and watch it. Well, Jesus Christ paid for our sins. Why can't we watch and read what he's got to say? God says that you're lovable and he chose you. You are his masterpiece. Another problem with the way we think is because psychologists say that, that most people think about who they are based on someone they really look up to. So if you have a spiritual father or a spiritual mother or whatever you think, whatever they think of you probably is what you think of yourself. So if you have a friend or friends that really you think highly of and they're all calling you these names and stuff, then you probably believe that. Number four, here's the last one. First off, I want you to know that you're lovable, forgivable, usable, and successful. Number four, refocus the future. It means, it means stop, stop living in the past. Deal with the past, but look forward. Don't keep looking back. I love uh, Rod Parsley used to have at the mini camp meeting, and I think he still does, but he would say, okay, I want y'all to look back, you know, and look, everybody would look back. He said, okay, now, don't ever look back again, you know. And so that, that's the one time you get to look back. You look back, now just focus forward. Things might come up from your past that you deal with, but deal with them in front of you. Don't turn around and deal with them. Deal with the stuff from the past in front of you. Let it get in front of you and then deal with it. Don't turn around and face it. This means that you do the right things to other people. Do what's right. When you do, what, when you do what's right and you, you forgive them or you talk to them and say, I forgive you, whatever, their response is irrelevant. It does not matter what their response is. I've done that before. I've sat in a car with somebody. I said, listen here. I know we're at odds. I know we got some situations going on, but I want you to be quiet. I want you to listen. I don't want a response because it doesn't matter what it is. I want you to know that I forgive you for the pain and the hurt that you've caused me, and that I forgive you, and I'm praying for you. God bless. And I got out of the car and left. I didn't, because they, they, it doesn't, it didn't, I didn't care what they thought. I was trying to get rid of my, my pain for them, and I wasn't going to give them a chance to sit there and say, well, you doesn't, uh-uh, I don't need all that. I'm not perfect, I know that. But I'm not going to walk around with unforgiveness in my heart towards you because of the fact that the way you treated me. So whatever they say, what, well, yeah, but, 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 but it doesn't matter what they say. It's irrelevant. You do the right thing. You do what's right. And they'll stand before God for how they act. Forgive them. You may, you, but I don't, I don't feel like forgiving them. Listen here, mature people, 
do mature things, even then when they don't want to do them. Be a mature Christian. And don't, I don't feel like, I don't want to. I, no, be a mature person. And say, so, you know what? I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to let it go. And just trust God. And I know there's so many of you in this room that's probably dealt with it. And there's so many online on our online campus that is dealing with it. There's so many people that hadn't even watched it yet. You're probably watching during the week right now, and you're sitting there at your table or, or your, 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 your desk, whatever, and you're just crying, thinking about, about this right here. Don't let today go by and then all of a sudden just forget about it and say, well, that was a good message. I need to remember that. No. Start. We're going to pray right here in a second. Right now, pray and say, God, if you, don't even, if, you, if you don't even want to forgive them, start off by saying, God, help me to have a repentant heart where I can forgive them. God, I want to forgive that person, those people. Mom, dad, sister, brother, neighbor, wife, ex-wife rather, whatever, 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 whatever it may be, them, they, whatever. And start off there and then make progress as much as you can. Go back, put this, save this video and go back and watch it every week every other week every day if you have to your freedom is greater than anything and God says in his word that if you can't forgive others I can't forgive you we believe fake news everything they say CNN and, and Fox are all fake news none of them tell you the truth but we sit in front of a television and believe everything they say and then we act on it we vote on what we hear God says, if you, can't, if, if you won't forgive others, I won't forgive you. Oh, okay. Well, I probably need to forgive them sometime. No, we don't understand the urgency. Why? Because we're in our own feelings. I'm mad. I'm bad. You know, and we, and we get this way and we get all tied up in who we are and, and what they did to us, man. We've got to be free. It's a process. If you need help, come talk to me. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll talk through it. I'll let you come in here and yell and scream at me. Tell me how mad you are about something. That's okay. I love you. I'll be there for you. I'll help you. I'll be a confidant in that. But let it go. Get rid of it. It's destroying you. You will not grow any more closer to Christ until you do. And you know what? And if you don't do it, I may look around in heaven and not see you. It'll break my heart. Because you were all about yourself and you didn't want to forgive somebody after God told you, if you don't forgive others, I won't forgive you. You, went, you didn't do it. God told Cain, listen, bro, if you don't do the right thing, sin's crouching, ready to get you. You didn't do it. Look what happened. Would you bow here and close your eyes? Is there anybody in here or online that would say, Pastor Doug, I, I'm a Christian, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I've been a Christian all my life or some of my life or whatever, but I, I have some hurt from the past, whether it was a friend that backstabbed me or hurt me, a, a, a sp ex-spouse or a neighbor, a dad or a mom, abusive relationships, you know, whatever, or, or, or situation, or maybe a church, maybe a pastor. And I've been hurt real bad, and I'm, I'm struggling with forgiveness. It does not mean you're not a Christian, because I had uh, expressed to you a while ago that I, I, I dealt with it. But you're saying, I'm, de I'm dealing with I'm dealing with this pain, and I, can't, I just it seems to can't get over it like I want to. 
Will you pray for me, Pastor Doug, that I would be free from that and I could walk into the freedom of Christ and the chains would be broken and he could break every chain? Anybody at all want to raise your hand? Amen, amen. It's a couple of hands up. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of hands up. Yep, 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 yep. Amen. Well, all over the place. I knew that. God's not going to have me come here and preach you a word and it doesn't affect any of you. And sometimes there's still a few little things in my life that I'm dealing with and I'm preaching and God's like, Doug, you, know, you got you to gotta deal with this now. Yes, sir. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray, pray right now in the name of Jesus for everybody that raised their hand. They just admitted, I, I, have, I, I have hurt, I have pain, and I need help, and I need restoration from it. God, I pray that you help them have the love of Christ, that you have family and friends and loved ones around them to love on them, to break down that, 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 that shell around them of hardness so that so the love can come in and melt away the bitterness and the resentment so they can read their word, so they can pray, so they can seek God, so they can be what you want them to be so they can be free, so they can go to heaven, Lord. God, help them to forgive. Help them to have the heart of forgiveness. Help them, Father, Lord Jesus, to receive your love. Help them to say, the devil meant it for evil, but God's going to turn it for good. The same plans that the devil was using, God, you got the same plans. Now, now, now go ahead and help me, Father. Figure out how to deal with this. Father, bless them, Father. I'm believing that there's healing and wholeness taking place right now. I feel Holy Spirit in this room, and I know that right now there's healing and wholeness taking place. As you're all praying right now, and you're, God help me, God give me strength to forgive this people, these, these people, that situation, that organization, whatever it may be. Those people at work, my exes, whatever it is, God help me. I want to be free. I want to be whole. I want to be healed. God, help me, Lord, to do that. I want to walk in freedom. I don't want to walk around full of pain. And God, help me get to the place where I can remember that scar and I can share my story with somebody so they can be healed. And it won't even hurt me at that point in time. The hurt that I'll feel is the hurt and the pain that I feel that they have that I can share with them so I can help them to wholeness and healing. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you, God. We honor you, sir, for all you do. Thank you for this incredible day. In Jesus' name, amen.